Hey, everyone. My name is Al Gugliotta, and I want to welcome you to The Unlearning Project. This is my attempt to break down the origins of our thoughts, our attitudes, our behaviors, our biases, most of which have been imposed upon us by our upbringing. My main goal in this entire podcast is to pivot from a place of self-judgment that we're all too familiar with to a place of self-curiosity. Thanks for joining. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the Unlearning Project. My name's Al Gugliata. I'm here with Virginia Elder, my co-host. Hey, Virginia. Hey there. And we have a fun topic today called Don't Believe Everything You Think. Or you could just say, just don't believe what you think. Yeah, that's true. That's counterintuitive for most people because what you're thinking has to be true. Why would you be thinking it otherwise? It's in your head. And don't you believe your thoughts? Don't your thoughts create your reality? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the idea when people say, it's got to be true. I read it on the internet. (laughs) It's like, it's got to be true. It's in my head. No, it doesn't have to be true because it's in your head. Thoughts are fleeting. Thoughts can come out of nowhere. You know, you could have thoughts we were talking about before, like from fourth grade gym class that for whatever reason popped in your head as you're driving to work. Why would you have that thought? There's no real rhyme or reason to it. Nobody really knows. So not believing everything you think has two different avenues we can go down. One being that you have these thoughts that literally pop out of nowhere. So like the thought of being in fourth grade or anything. It could be just random thoughts. Like sometimes we just have things, why the heck did I just think that? Like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Do you think more often that that's a memory that's triggered or do you think it's like an assumption about your current world. I'm trying to think what those out of nowhere thoughts would more often be. I think it's got, it's such a complex, you might've seen like a sign that triggered some kind of, who knows the avenues that the neural pathways that were triggered because you saw something in the street or you heard a piece of music on the radio and it just took you somewhere else and to piece that together. I think the ones that I notice, like the out of nowhere thoughts that I notice are typically for me, like a random memory Random that was not something that I could have just, or like if you asked me yesterday, like, Hey, remember when you were 15, this happened, I would have been like, what are you talking about? But for some reason that memory was triggered. Yeah. Or like I was watching a YouTube video of it was this band called Greta Van Fleet. It was, I was just watching some like rock videos Mm -hmm. and there was just one song that it was literally in my head for three days straight. I was humming it and not even consciously humming it, but it was just like in my head. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm like, I heard it once. I listened to it once. And for whatever reason, I just repeated (laughs) it for three days. Yeah. Not the words. I didn't even know the words. I'm just humming like the rhythm, just get in that loop. And it just keeps going kind of random. That's interesting. So that was what, so out of the nowhere thoughts, that's like on one side of the spectrum. And then we all have this other thing, the longstanding narrative thoughts, like the repetitive. And those are like the inherent beliefs and long-term stories that we've been telling ourselves. Is that right? It is, but it's also like the should stories. 
Like I should be doing this. I should be like every day we're doing the should. Right. I should be doing more. I should be doing this. I should be getting my to-do list done. I should, right. should, 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 should. I should shop on Wednesdays or I should take weekends off or I should be more present. Yeah. If you could make those into something that serves you, something that brings you some sort of peace, positive emotions, that's great. But it's very rare that that happens. Most of our repetitive, longstanding narratives are negative. Yeah, they're... You know, they're bringing us down. They're making us feel like we're not good enough. We haven't done enough. You should have said something or you should be making more money or you should be at this point in your life. You didn't exercise enough. Yeah, you missed your run this morning and now you're eating freaking cake and <laughs> just all the things that you've done wrong. It's almost like the judgment. Right. The big ultimate judgment of like how you're living your life. Based on... And you're never living up to it. Nothing no one told you was their expectation of you based on just your thoughts. Like literally nothing is creating this. Yeah, and it gets even more complicated because then what happens is you start beating yourself up over having those thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this double whammy. So you have the thoughts of I'm not doing enough on my to-do lists. I didn't spend enough time with my kids. They're outside. They're doing this. Oh my God, I only got three things done on my to-do list. I barely was able to play with my kids. Now I ate something bad. I didn't do my run. Mm -hmm. And then you start beating yourself up over being upset for having those reoccurring, longstanding narrative thoughts. Right, like allowing it to escalate to a point that's not helpful, not necessary, Mm -hmm. not helping you solve your issues. (laughs) Right, yeah. It's, It's really just beating you down and you don't feel good. It's the idea of... Is it creating peace in your life or is it creating stress in your life? And personally speaking, it causes way more stress in my life than peace. Right. But the good news with all this is there's a way to get out of this paradigm. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you let go of those recurring narratives? Like, your mind's just literally like this broken record. We're talking about it every day. We're having the same dialogue. For me, it tends to be with to-do list kind of items or work or... Yep. And for days, I'll have that in my head and I can put it on my planner and I can do whatever I can to get it out of my head. But somehow that's just not enough for my brain. And it's still in there. And that's why I use planners. And that's why I use lists because I'm literally like trying so hard to just dump it out of my brain and put it on a piece of paper so that I feel like, okay, now it's written down. I won't forget. But it doesn't matter. For days, I'll be like, you know, remember to do this, remember to do that, post this on time, do this thing. I'm experiencing this to-do list. Preemptive anxiety. Yeah. Anticipatory. Yeah, exactly. Anticipatory. That's exactly what it is. It's just this over-anticipation of me actually doing the thing Yeah. and trying to figure out where it fits in my schedule and when I can do the thing. I've even caught myself, if my alarm goes off, I know I need to get up, but I'm kind of like, uh, what am I going to do right when I get up? It like helps me if I set up my thoughts for the day. Mm-hmm. But then I catch myself walking through in my imagination what to say in the social media post or what the graphic is going to look like. And I'm like, hold on, get out of bed, <laughs> go like just create it instead of sitting here imagining yourself creating it. Just like you're wasting time walking through this in your imagination, in your head, when you could be done with it in 10 minutes. 
yeah, it'd be nice to just be able to think about something once when you had to do it and then just got it done yeah. and then moved on. And I will repeat that. Yep. And I'm trying to catch it. And then I realize like how annoying those thoughts are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, stop, go away. <laughs> yeah. You spend most of your day doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have all the stimulus coming at you and you're, we're just thinking beings, mm-hmm. but we're thinking about the same things. And we're thinking about things that seem most of the time to be a waste of time because there's no need to think about them. Yeah. Or like a mundane task. Yeah. And there's something that helps me. I forgot from who, but it was like, if it's something that you can do in five or 10 minutes, just do it. Don't waste the time to put it on a to-do list. Like just get it done so that the stuff on your to-do list is bigger tasks. So that has helped, but I'll still catch myself with those reoccurring, mundane, kind of dumb thoughts about tasks that I need to do. Don't you feel like sometimes like that's more of a band-aid though? We're not addressing the underlying problem. Yes. Doing that task, yeah, maybe it is a good thing to do. But we both know that there's another task on the back end of that that just gets added on. It's a never-ending list, so... Yeah, there's always more. So then the Mm -hmm. actual problem is that it sounds cheesy, but like we're not living in any moments. Mm-hmm. We're living in that future or past, what we didn't do, what we need to do. Mm-hmm. It's just this constant, you're never really in that present moment, mm-hmm. which is where we all live. Right. That's all we really have is right now, right? We don't know if we're going to be here a moment from now. Yeah. And that's really frustrating because I think you and I both really try to be that present person. Right. That's really one of my goals. That's journaling or any exercise that I do. Presence is one of the words that goes on there. When I recognize these thoughts, I do tend to get frustrated. But it's interesting because there's different levels to this. Because like I see you as a very present person. Mm, Thanks. (laughs) But again, there's different levels. There's like the Buddhist monk that's like in every moment and he's picking up his glass. And as he's picking it up, he's feeling every nuance of how cold the glass is. And when he drinks it, time slows down when you're in this meditative environment Mm -hmm. where you're really realizing everything that's going on around you. He's not thinking about what he needs to do later this afternoon. Right. We're, I think, somewhere in the middle where on the opposite side of the spectrum is like completely lost in thought all day long. You're just, you don't know what's going on and like you're reactive at all times. Mm. So we're like in the middle because we live in commonplace urban society here that's just stimulus, 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 Mm. kids, cars, travel, do this, go that, you know, you got a million things, work and this and play. Phone and YouTube and... Yeah, so I think being aware to the extent that you are, is considered somebody that is present. But again, there's levels and the not being present, the being distracted and being lost in thought Mm -hmm. is what most people consider to be suffering. Like you're suffering when you're in that state Mm. because you're lost in thought. You're not present. You're not connected with any kind of present moment. You're living in a past and a future. Hmm. So you feel unsettled because you can't control the future and you can't change the past. And you're Hmm. living in two worlds that you can't control. Yeah. Ooh, that would be. So the only thing you technically can control is like the present moment. What can I do right this moment? Mm -hmm. Every other thought should go away. I mean, if you tried to look at this from, if it was like a state of like perfection, you'd really just want to be thinking about every moment of what you're doing. So you're going through your day, you're checking off your to-do list, you're moving on to the next topic without ever thinking, what's the stuff I have to do three hours from now? What did I forget to do? Right. Oh, it's getting you out of that flow state. I think you're right because that has been the only way that I've 
been able to feel productive is when I can just shush everything, like all thoughts go away. Uh What can I do in this moment? What email can I write? And I do try to batch work and there's all these other tactics and strategies. And I feel that I've done a good job in implementing a lot of that stuff. But yes, I'm very conscious of those thoughts. And they do center around productivity and work and all of that. Mm -hmm. Because I guess this is also a thought when I am away from the computer and with my kids and just going to the park or whatever, that's where I'm at. There's no reason to be thinking about what I could be doing on the computer or what I could be doing for work or what funnel I could create or like any of that stuff. Yeah. That would put me in a place of turmoil. That would be very frustrating for me to be away at the park attempting to enjoy my kids when I'm just not even mentally there. That would be a place of suffering for me. Absolutely. Me too. So that's like a common value we have is like you want if you want to be like say a good parent, mm-hmm. like you want to be present in the moment that you're at the park with your kids. If mm-hmm. you're at the park with your kids and you're on your phone, you're thinking about things, you're taking calls, you're all over the place, your head's yeah. two hours goes by, you never really spent any time with the kids. We both realize like we don't want to be that person. It doesn't feel good Mm-mm. to be that person. It's very frazzled. It feels very just frenetic and just it's not a peaceful state. Yeah. But then the double of that is then you beat yourself up for being that person for that two hours. And but it's these things that it's kind of like that first principle type theory. You got to catch the first one so that it doesn't cascade into mm-hmm. beating yourself up. And one of the things that jumped out to me in this was just that we experience our thoughts, but they're not necessarily representative of the world. Yeah. So let's say I am with the family and we're out in the living room. Okay. Maybe it's Christmas and we're opening presents, but in my head, I didn't get this thing done. You know, I just need 10 minutes on the computer and Mm -hmm. I'll feel so much better because I'll get this thing done, but it's Christmas. Like, ah, you know, and I'd be all in my head. Right. Yeah. That's my internal experience. No one else in the room is having that. They are ripping open presents and excited and squealing and jumping around. Yeah. And my internal experience would be ruining a piece of the joy that I could be present. So it's just an example. But that's what stood out to me was, okay, you experience your thoughts, but they're not really representative of what's actually going on. What's actually going on in that moment would be the excitement of Christmas and the joy of them opening presents and jumping around. Yeah. Those thoughts are perceptions. They're like interpretations. It's not like a universal truth. Like the universal truth isn't, I have to get all this stuff done. It's Christmas day. Right. No, that's not the truth. It's just what you're thinking about at that time. And it's creating an emotional reaction and taking you out of the present. Yeah. And that's me anticipating like what has to be done by Monday or something. You know, it's not that it's, it's not due on Christmas. Okay. Like, yeah. And the funny thing is like, it's, it's not productive. I mean, at least if it was productive, oh, you could see like a reason for it, but just by thinking about it and you're still not doing it. Right. You're just stressing about it. Exactly. Or maybe in some way you're trying to just keep it in the forefront of your mind, thinking that if I keep thinking about it, then I won't forget and then I'll get it done. And Which is why I try to write lists. Like I really do try. <laughs> yeah. Spinning those plates, make oh sure that God. one doesn't drop. Yeah. Yes. So one of the ways that they were talking about how to get over those 
starting with those out of nowhere thoughts, mm. like where something just comes over you, you know, maybe it's just like a slight from childhood, you know, something that brings back heavy emotion. It's called mental noting. So mental noting is you know, you're driving in your car, you have a thought, your heart starts racing, you start reliving the experience, maybe it was some traumatic event or whatever it was. Hmm, so I'm not the only person who does that? <laughs> yeah, you're not the only person. That's oh right. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, one word description. And again, it's from our last post, being curious rather than <laughs> you starting to feel angry about something. Yeah. And some people say, oh man, that freaking asshole makes me angry. I'm freaking angry. Yeah. Or you could just say one word, angry. Like it's something that you're feeling. It's a, a sensation in your body. Okay. Like it's almost getting some sort of distance from it so that it's not as personal. So just label the feeling with one word. Angry, okay. tense, whatever it is. Yeah, it's just sort of separating from the feeling, not molding with it. Mm. I am angry and this is what I am. And that person did this to me and I have a, every right to be angry. No, just angry. Okay. Again, yeah, not a end all be all of, but just a starting point to like start labeling. And not identifying as that feeling, but just labeling that feeling that that's what it is and kind right. of setting it aside. Okay. Yeah. With the idea that thoughts and feelings are fleeting, right? Mm. You're not going to be angry an hour from now. Right. It's angry and then angry is gone in 15 minutes and then you're something else. Right. But we don't think that. In the moment, you just think, I'm angry. Yeah. I am this way. I am. Yeah. So that's for like those ones that just pop out of the blue, you're feeling something. But then when you get into letting go of those recurring narratives, the ones that happen every day and it's just constant, you're like, mm. fucking again, like 10,000 times a day, I'm freaking feeling this and thinking this. And, you know, my mind's on this broken record that won't stop. Yeah. Never ending loop. I feel like I'm like stuck on a roller coaster or something. Yeah. There's a writer, her name's Byron Katie. She wrote this book called The Work. Mm. And I've just read some kind of excerpts of her book. She talks about identifying and questioning the thoughts that cause you the most suffering. Mm. So she's like, you're doing this every day. So you know what these, if you sit down for a little while, you could journal this stuff out. Yeah. What are the stuff that you're thinking about every single day that's just this recurring pattern? Mm. Not doing enough, all the should stuff. I should be doing, I should, I should be doing this. Everything that's making you feel bad about yourself, everything that's basically causing suffering in your life. Ask a few questions like, is that thought true? Hmm. Does this thought create peace or does it create stress in my life? Yeah. What if I didn't think this thought or what if I wasn't so attached to this thought? What if this thought, again, wasn't true? Because most thoughts are temporary and they're not universal. So it's it's a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. It's a fleeting thing. Well, and I have started to identify when I am getting in those loops or those moments and getting frazzled, I'm able to now stop and say, okay, hold on. Is this helping me? What will help me in this moment? What can I do? What can help me get this done? Or what will make me feel better? Yeah. And like I said, it, it usually goes back to productivity, but me thinking about what I have to do while I'm making my lunch, is that helping me? Maybe I do need a planning session. Maybe I am needing to like talk through something and work it out while I'm making lunch. Right. But maybe not. Like maybe it's the same dang thoughts and I just need to resolve that, hey, after lunch, I'll go address it. Yeah. That has started to help for me to say, okay, hang on. Is what I'm thinking helpful to me? Mm. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. 
Have you ever listened to a comedian? His name is Brian Regan. No. All right. Really funny. He's got a funny skit regarding this. He's like, you ever knock over an anthill and like immediately like all the ants just start rebuilding the anthill? Yeah. And he's like, humans obviously are not like that. He's like, one time he's like, I want to knock over an anthill and just see the ants throw their hands up in the air and be like, I can't believe it. They knocked over the freaking anthill. I'm not building this thing again. You know, it's kind of like what humans do, right? right. Like something bad happens. We're like, oh man, oh, what are we going to, Yeah. you know, but the best course of action, something bad happens, you go right to the solution. Yeah, you, just fix it. Yeah. You don't hem and haw for endless periods of time. So it's almost like the quicker you can kind of transition, yeah. you know, from that thought that's not serving you to like, all right, redirect it, get out of that. Yeah. Another moment spent in that is just another moment of suffering. Yes. You know, if you get that really in your core of like, all right, these aren't helping me. Yeah, it's that resilience or bounce back, recovery. Yeah. I don't know what you want to label it as. Yeah, I think it's first like awareness of what's happening and then realizing in that moment, Mm -hmm. again, this is the non-serving, long-standing, reoccurring thought that I keep having. Let's see, how do I, how could I look at this from a different perspective? So I thought that was kind of cool. Does the thought create peace? So now I have another book to add. Oh, to my. I know. A little, yeah, I haven't even read it. I just saw, read excerpts of it. I'm like, that made sense. It sounds helpful, though. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like, they're temporary. That's so hard to believe. That's the hardest part. Because I know from an intellectual level that thoughts are fleeting. Because I have millions of them, right? We all have all these uh, right. thoughts. And again, some of them are so random that you can't even figure out why you had the thought. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, if we think we're the author of our thoughts, how is that possible? If you're just having a thought that you didn't think of, you didn't conjure that up, right? you didn't have the thought to have the thought, right? And isn't that the thing? Like we have millions of thoughts a day, but... Yeah. And the bad part is that they're all the same thoughts you had yesterday. Yeah. I think like Deepak Chopra said that or yes. something. Yes. Well, and I think that's the trick is... Like you said, having that awareness and then being like, okay, but what thoughts can I create that will serve me? And to try yeah. to go through that practice to attempt to create helpful thoughts. Yes. Like, that's hard. It is. Again, it's a practice. You've practiced this whole time having these recurring thoughts. So they've become a habit that you have them every day. Mm-hmm. So then you have to make into a habit calling those thoughts out. And just be like, there it is again. There it is again. Okay, I know that. It's like, I've seen that. It just keeps happening. Right. And so eventually, like, do that for, like, a few months or a year. And then eventually you're going to be like, and if it never goes away, it doesn't matter because you're aware of it at least. Mm-hmm. You know, at least you're aware of the thought and you're not all swept up in it. Right. Well, and I think that's where, like, affirmations and some of that stuff helps. Because when you're doing those, you've created sentences that you want to come true. It could be something about like clients coming to you effortlessly or something like that. That's a common Uh one in the entrepreneur world. But if you practice that, you get to a point where you believe that. And so then you're able to separate the fearful thoughts about clients not coming to you. See, I don't know. See, that's that's where it gets squirrely for me because I don't I don't know if I believe. <laughs> I saw you lean back in your chair. I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it just brings me back to like being in sales at twenty three and like gotta believe it right. to achieve it. The whole Napoleon Hill thing and you know, think and grow rich. Right, but I do think you'll show up differently when you believe your efforts are warranted versus when you believe nobody's coming, nobody's going to pick up the phone today. 
I do think you'll show up differently. Sure, maybe nobody will still pick up the phone today. Yeah. But I think you'll be ready to have that conversation in a different tone and mindset than you would if you just don't believe it's going to happen. I think that's the shift that's underlying those affirmations and beliefs and all that. Well, I think if you're able to believe those affirmations, I mean, if you're Mm -hmm. just saying affirmations that you're like, as soon as you're saying them to yourself, your brain's like, you're just freaking saying stupid stuff and you don't really believe this, then it won't work. I mean, it's kind of, I guess it's like the religious person that knows the whole Bible, knows everything, but doesn't really believe in God. You know, it's like, you could know every scripture and every, it doesn't matter like the intellectual side, if the belief isn't there, it's not really going to work for you. Yeah. So when you're creating these thoughts, then I guess that's the trick too, is to create fresh thoughts that are actually believable to you mm-hmm. that will be helpful instead of the roller coaster like I was referring to. Yeah. This is dating you, but like SNL. So, <laughs> so Saturday Night Live had this character called Stuart Smalley. Mm. And he used to say this line. He said, I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and doggone it. People like me. And he'd look in the mirror and say it. And then he'd have like different characters on. And he'd say that. And it was all about these positive affirmations. Oh. It was just funny. That is funny. The older audience out there will know that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like those affirmations like always rub me the wrong way for some reason because mm-hmm. I just never felt like I believed them, especially when, when I was in sales. Like I don't even remember what the affirmations were. I'm gonna make 20 appointments today. And then my brain would be like, no, you're not. You're not going to make 20. Nobody makes 20 appointments. So I'm like, I'm telling myself that I can't believe. So like my brain was automatically saying like, is it true? Mm -mm. And the brain was like, fuck no, it's not true. Like (laughs) you're just trying to bullshit yourself. Right. There's like a a fine line. Yes. And there's a huge difference there between saying something that's So I think it's a personality thing too, because I think... Okay, yeah, I do too. There is a segment of us that wants to be really realistic and really true and transparent and... Not overshoot. Yeah, yeah. But then there's the piece of you that wants to like shoot for the moon and all of this. And then you're like, but that's bullshit. I'm not going to actually make that goal. So why would I put it up there? And But that's where (laughs) like, yeah, I think it is a personality thing, but I think... Again, I think it's this weird fine line about the, that delusion of grandeur kind of thing where you're like, I want to change the world. Change the world? Okay, man, I get it. Like you got big aspirations. <laughs> and they always say like, you know, your problem's too small if you're accomplishing it. You have to have these grandiose, outrageous problems to fix mm. and outrageous goals. And right. that never worked for me. But then when you don't meet that goal, you feel like shit. I never believed it in the first place. So then they start thinking like, why can't I believe this? There's something wrong with yeah. me. I can't believe in these big goals. Why can't all these other people believe in these big mm. goals? And I can't. And then as I've gotten older, I've just, at least from my perspective, I'm not saying it's this truth. It's just subjective. Like that crap never worked for me. Never. I mean, and some people would argue that, well, you know, if you just wrote down your goals and thought about them every day and had positive affirmations, <laughs> I'm like, you should have done more. Al. Maybe right. You should have done more. You would have been in a different place. <laughs> no, I, I, no, but I do really think that. I think no matter where you're at, if you make the argument that goal setting and big aspirations and setting lofty goals. Mm-hmm. You know, the argument's always going to be like, the reason you didn't accomplish it was you didn't think about it enough. You didn't believe it enough. You didn't do the affirmations enough. You, right. And I think it's an endless loop. 
Yeah. And I, I don't, I, I struggle with the ideas of the, the Tony Robbins of the world and the, yeah. just all the positive thinking kind of stuff. I definitely want to come from it from a more, I kind of believe it. Like it has to be realistic in some way to me. And if my brain immediately is calling it bullshit, I feel like I have a good bullshit detector. And so like when I hear something, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. But I also question that too. I want to. I don't want to just stop there because then that's me just thinking it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, is it possible? Is you know maybe people are doing this, mm-hmm. or maybe whatever it is is possible. But there again, right. like your thoughts, you're experiencing your thoughts individually. Yeah, it's this conundrum. You're just like in this. It's kind of like a catch twenty two where mm-hmm. you believe one thing, but are the thoughts that you're thinking are they real? I don't know. Right. And should you believe what you're thinking? Should you believe what you're thinking? No. And obviously the title of this is don't believe everything you think. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. It's a challenge. But I think that's the point of this episode is that this is a challenge that we all face. We all have thoughts. You want to believe your thoughts. Yes. But then realizing, hey, this is like my personal experience that's creating these thoughts. They aren't truth. They aren't representative of the actual world around me. They aren't representative of other people's thoughts. And not to dip into what we've talked about previously, but that's what's going on in the world today. Mm -hmm. It's the people that are believing their thoughts. Yeah. And they're so impressionable by news, by social media, by what their friends tell them. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, as the news changes, then their thoughts just like, oh, all right, now that's true. And now that's true. Right. And now that's true. And not only do they think it's true, they'll defend it to the death. You know, like, right. why are you so hell-bent on, why is this so important to you to make me believe what you're believing? Or That's been the scariest part about all this for me is like, if you do believe everything you think, Mm -hmm. that's a terrifying person. Think about that. Yeah, that's a narcissist. It is a narcissist. Yeah. That's Trump. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it could be a psychopath too. I mean, it could be someone, anything that goes to kill, you know, you have voices in your head. Yeah, go kill that person. That's true. My thought just told me to do that. And that's an extreme, but it's... Yeah, but if you don't draw the line somewhere and realize that, hey, your thoughts aren't true take a step back, label them, yeah. label these emotions, consider some of the instructions in this book that you mentioned. If you don't yeah. for once just step back and try to think about some of this, you're going to believe all of that. And you are going to be one of those people that's kind of stuck in your own head, believing your own thoughts and defending yourself at every angle. And yeah, <laughs> it's just not a good way to live. Was it in Texas, that pizza thing? What was that pizza place? The, the QAnon where the guy walked in with an AK-47 because oh. he thought there was a pedophile ring underneath the pizza place. I remember hearing heard about that? that, but I don't remember where it was. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was Texas. It might have been a different it state. It could have been. I don't... But that was his belief was that there was this pedophile ring by the Democrats. He thought he was going to find like Hillary Clinton in this freaking pizza place <laughs> and that there was this basement. And he literally comes in with an assault rifle. Oh, my gosh. And starts tearing up the place. Oh and then gosh. finally realizes there's no basements. And there's no pedophile ring. And everything that was told to you is complete bullshit. Oh, my God. And again, a very extreme circumstance. But we do all do this on different levels. Mm-hmm. And that's the terrifying part about this whole idea. Believing shit that is told to you or just believing your thought. Yeah. 
Well, there aren't many places that have basements in Texas, so that could be possible. <laughs> you should have done some research. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> Are there basements in Texas? <laughs> Easy Google search would have prevented this whole thing. No, I remember that story. But there again, I try to like unplug from the news and not yeah. get consumed in that stuff because I really will just oh, yeah. go off the edge and be like, we're never going out to eat again. There's people that shoot restaurants. Well, there you go, right? So I just don't uh, watch a lot of that stuff. So I could have totally seen the story and then put it out of my mind because I really try to do that. Try not to get consumed in that. Well, I think that's an important way to think about things. (laughs) Knowing knowing how your mind reacts, you're gonna you know that you watch enough news, you're gonna start thinking some weird shit too, right? I'll like never let my kids go to the park again. (laughs) We'll never go out to eat again. Right. There's abductions everywhere and they're literally waiting outside your house for your kids to step out so they can snatch them up and oh my God. That's human nature. So, but the scary part about it is that people left to their own devices will listen to this stuff Mm -hmm. never ending and then come up with these crazy like ideas of what they think the world is and what's going on in the world and then act on those ideas. Right. That's where it gets dangerous, right? It gets scary and dangerous. So beyond the whole human suffering, you can make the rest of the world suffer based on your crazy thoughts. Right. You know, it's one thing for you to suffer based on your thoughts, but once you're spitting that out into the world's, Now we all have to deal with your crazy thoughts. I don't want to not live because I'm afraid of everything that I see on the news. But then I also don't want to be this completely uninformed, naive person and just be out and have no idea what's going on and (laughs) be in a dangerous position and not know it. Yeah, there's a fine line there. But what happened before before we had this news on 24-hour we all lived. We all did just fine. Yeah. What if you lived in the woods over the last year and you had no human contact? You would have no idea there was a virus. <laughs> and wouldn't you think you'd be maybe a little bit better off? Yeah. Like if you didn't contact other people, like, yeah. like what would that have helped you to know, Mm-mm. hey, there's this crazy virus out there and you might get it. So right. you just never even had a thought of it. Right. Like it wasn't even part of your world. Yeah. Your life would be the same as it was last year. You lived in the forest. But then I think the same as you. But what if I want to hear the weather report that says it's a hurricane coming through? True. If I lived in the woods, I don't want to be susceptible to like a crazy hurricane without knowing it's coming. Right. So you want to be somewhat informed, but we're way over-informed. Yes, I I mean, you could do like a quick glance, you know, what, every few days for 10 minutes and you're good. My husband has a short drive to work, so he catches like just a little bit of NPR Uh on the way. Yeah. So once in a while, I'll ask him like, hey, what's going on out there? (laughs) Like, What's going on in the world? And then the other thing is after we get the kids to bed and we're going to sit down and watch a show or something, I will kind of scroll on my phone in one of the news apps Mm -hmm. just for like 10 minutes. And then by the time he comes and has his cup of water, whatever, you know, I have my hot tea and we're going to sit down and actually turn on the TV to watch a show. We're not watching the news, but I've had 10 minutes to just kind of scroll and click on some headlines, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need and don't want more than that. So I've tried to segment the inputs in that way. Yeah. That's my solution. That works for me. (laughs) I mean, but I think that's a proactive way of managing the thought process, managing what goes into your brain. Mm -hmm. So important. We didn't even like address any of that really. Like what's... 
I mean, you have a lot of control of what's going into your head, right. which is then creating these thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's not only, you know, don't believe everything you think. Obviously, don't believe everything you hear. Right. Because what you're hearing is what you're thinking. Well, it's the same thing, like you said at the very beginning. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. Yeah. That's where we're getting our news now. That's where we're getting information about what's going on or what to do or to wear a mask or to get a vaccine or not or whatever. And that's the premise right there. Like, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Right. Yeah. Don't believe everything that you think. So not only could your thoughts be lying to you, but what you're reading could be skewed in a way to make you think certain things. Yeah. Question the angle of what you're reading. Question what conclusion you're drawing from that information and try to like again take the opposite view Mm -hmm. like so that's all scientific knowledge comes from the idea of there's a premise there's a theory and then everybody tries to prove that theory wrong right from every which way they want to like stress test it like stress test your own ideas you know the gunman that's going into a pizza place think it's a pedophile ring did no stress testing had no basis for it he heard a bunch of crap and then Next thing you know, he's in his car with a gun about to shoot up the place. It's insane. I mean, again, extreme example. But just because it's an extreme example doesn't mean it doesn't happen in very small ways to millions of people every day. Or that it can't be broken down and applied to our lives to where it's like, okay, like let's not think in extreme ways. Let's be careful where we're getting our information. Let's evaluate our thoughts. Let's do research before you take action on something. Like there's lots of ways that that can be pulled down from that extreme level and applied to make our lives better. Yeah. And I think the place that we all need to start is just within the own context of our lives. I mean, forget about like the news and all that stuff. I mean, just focus on like, it's kind of being just introspective and realizing what am I thinking about? Why am I thinking about it? Is it true? What if it wasn't true? Mm-hmm. What is going on between my ears right now? And if I start getting that tense feeling where I'm starting to get authoritative about a certain idea, I'm like, why do I feel the sense that I need to convince other people of certain things? Mm-hmm. When you see the people, you know, the convince of masks, I believe in masks. I do. I don't have this need to like run around and tell everyone like you have to wear a mask. And if you don't wear it, not. Uh, you know, not going to do that, but for whatever reason, some people have this hell-bent kind of idea. Right. No, I can do whatever the hell I want, and why are you so hell-bent on making me think the way you think? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good kind of sign that you know you have some hardened thoughts that maybe need some reflection when you're really dictating to everyone else in your life how they should think. Well, and then that's up to you, too, to question your angle and their angle and Just go through the whole thought process and try to think about it at all angles. Yeah, this last year has definitely brought out that whole idea that what you're thinking a lot of time isn't right or, you know, you don't need to believe everything that's scrolling through your head like a ticker tape, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're all kind of looking at 2021 going, okay, how can I make this year better? So that might be one of the biggest, most impactful action items is just to mm-hmm. evaluate what you're thinking and realize, don't believe it all. Question it, research it, figure it out. I always like the idea of just try to find the opposite point of view and then try to defend that opposite point of view. Like it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. You'll find that if it's super difficult to defend the opposite point of view, then maybe what you're thinking is accurate. You know, you're stress testing it. 
you're thinking it from many different angles. And when someone comes up with an argument on that angle, you have a deeper understanding mm -hmm. because you did try to go that route and explore those thought patterns and ideas and research behind it. Yes. You'll have some understanding of where they're coming from. Definitely. Yeah. A little compassion. A little compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Please follow us at theunlearningproject.org. And I want to invite everybody to follow along on Instagram at unlearning underscore project. And then on Facebook too, at the unlearning project. All right. Well, thanks, Virginia. Yeah. I enjoyed talking to you, Al. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Yep. See you in two weeks.